0: Hi everyone, I'm Dan Harding, editor in chief of Power and Road Yacht. Welcome back to the Power and Road Yacht podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about what everyone seems to be talking about, and that's the passing of legendary musician, storyteller, and boat nut Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy has been a bit of a fixture in the magazine these last couple of years, especially as we covered his custom Freeman Merritt, but also because one of our own senior editors, Chris Dixon, knew Jimmy as a fan, but more importantly, knew him as a friend. So today I'm going to flip the mic on Chris, and we're going to talk about his unconventional journey to working with him and dig into the legacy that Jimmy's leaving behind. Before we get started, I just want to share a quick word from our sponsor, IMTRA. When heading out on the water, there are few things more important to everyone on board than experiencing a comfortable and stable ride. ZipWake Dynamic Trim Control System from IMTRA offers just that, using state-of-the-art sensors and fast-acting interceptors to keep the boat trimmed properly and reduce the roll from waves a significant upgrade from slower moving, manually controlled trim tabs, Zipwake offers systems for almost every boat from 16 to 110 feet in length. For more, visit imtra.com. And a quick personal note, I've been lucky enough to be one of the early testers of the Zipwake system and got to see firsthand how it affects the performance, bow rise, turning ability of smaller boats, but also larger boats. And the, the real calling card to me is how seamless it works on auto right so before you're always playing with the trim tabs trying to get it just right in varying sea states or depending on what the wind is doing or what angle you're running but being able to just put this system on auto and have a more efficient ride that to me is the real calling card of this product And i'm not surprised to see more and more boat builders are putting this as standard equipment all right now into the episode
1: hey chris how you doing man I am doing all right, Dan. It's been a it, it's been a weird, um, you know, inspirational, you know, sad, um, kind of in a fog last few days. But I feel like I'm emerging from it a bit, and uh, and yeah, I I, I appreciate you um, taking the time to talk to me about about Jimmy.
0: No, it must <laughs> sure. it, it must be. I can't imagine the the strange mix of emotions that come with somebody <clears throat> that comes with being a friend of such a super celebrity that you know the whole world is having this huge outpouring and uh and to know somebody like that personally it's uh yeah it's hard to understand
1: yeah it's a, it's a, I've never been in I you know I don't know <laughs> I don't think I know any other big celebrities and so it's been a yeah. strange it's been a strange thing because you know you you knew him on a personal level and then but then also yeah you're you're seeing just this incredible outpouring and it it's been it's been really heartening and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just makes me, makes me appreciate even more, mm-hmm. you know, the time I got to spend with Jimmy and who he was, you know what I mean? No, that's, that,
0: that's so well said. And I think, so I think without further ado, maybe we just go into, cause you've touched on it in different stories for us in the past, but mm-hmm. your, your path to meeting him, your path towards working with him.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I grew up, it, be, between atlanta and the, the coast of south carolina mm-hmm. um i spent most of my summers in between surfside and litchfield beach south carolina and you know his music was the soundtrack mm-hmm. there um i had an aunt and uncle who who lived there and my grandparents had a place there and you know i mean sit, his his music when i was growing up was just ubiquitous right yeah. and um I, but I, you know, and I was always a fan, but I was never a, a mega fan. Like, you know, I didn't become a parrot head or something right. like that. I was more right. a punk rocker, honestly, you know, growing that. up and going through school. And, and I, but I, you know, always, I, even though I, you know, was a wasn't a big a big fan. I I really appreciated some of his songs. Mm-hmm. Um more not necessarily Cheeseburger or Volcano, but songs like Pirate Looks at 40. Mm-hmm. Um it, which even when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. he talks about, you know, this uh, how he he was a pirate born 200 years too late and I, I remember that song always really resonating with me and yeah. so I, I I moved out to California um after After school, I I grew up surfing on the East Coast Mm -hmm. and was incredibly fortunate to have timed a a proposal to the people at Surfer Magazine, who I'd done some writing for, um, to to start up a website. And so I I was a web was the web editor for Surfer in the in the early and mid nineties, and that was, of course, an incredible experience and towards the end of, of my, my tenure there, we'd gotten bought out by a big media company and things were kind of changing. And it's funny because this, this copy of men's journal magazine ended up on the, the coffee room. Table at Surfer, and it had Jimmy on the cover, and he was casting a fly rod mm-hmm. um, off the wing. And then the inside of the story, you know, went into it, it was an excerpt from his book, A Pirate Looks at 50, which, if you've not read and, and other folks haven't, I highly recommend the book. It's just, it's really a romp. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and, several of the folks in the office read it, you know, and we were, and we had no idea that, that, that Jimmy was even a surfer. Um, and, and, you know, we're like, God, it'd be so cool to, to get a, a trip together for the magazine with Jimmy and take that right. seaplane somewhere, you know? Right. And it was his Grumman Albatross, which is a flying boat that was just an incredible airplane. Um, kind of like a camper of the sea. Mm. And, uh, and, so anyway i i'm not gonna lie i mean a little bit of the inspiration to uh to leave surfer was because of that article and Mm -hmm. and i also wanted to write for more than just surfing publications and um and had had you know some experience doing some legwork reporting for the new york times before i started working for surfer and 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 i wanted to write for magazines like outside and men's journal and 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 those pubs that were like just kicking ass at the time and um so I, I quit working at Surfer, took, you know, put what little money I had, you know, in the bank, drove my VW camper to New York City to, to go meet magazine editors. And I met hmm. the editor of, um, of Men's Journal, um, Terry McDonald. And um and I also also working in there was Dave De Benedetto who's now editor of Garden and Gun and he was he became an editor at um Florida Sportsman. He's a really well known mm-hmm. angling journalist as well and yeah, just a cool crew there and, and Terry asked me, um he was looking at my at my work and, and he asked me if I'd uh if I knew who Jimmy Buffett was? I'm like, of course, you know. It was like, what a silly question. But yeah. it also, yeah, uh, you know, the, the question when he asked me, I just like, it, it was like a jolt of adrenaline, you know. And uh-huh. I was like, what is he getting to? Right, right. And uh, you know, and he said, well, Jimmy's a friend of mine, and he, I, I, I seem to remember Terry specifically saying um, he wanted somebody who well you know to, well he re, he wanted somebody to travel with him and sort of t- document where he went and what he did and he wanted somebody who who knew how to do the web and and who surfed specifically mm-hmm. and i was just like Are you kidding me yeah. um you know it was just bizarre and uh so 3 weeks later um i'm rolling up in my vw which by now was running on like three cylinders <laughs> um, you rolled up to his house and he, and he, he comes out, he was working in this little side office that he had and, and, um, you know, comes out and hi, I'm Jimmy, you know, no, and, and no shit. that's how he, <laughs> that's how he met people. You know, that's how he introduced himself. And a wow. few minutes later, I'm like helping him edit home movies in his, in, in his, in his office with his, with his son, you know? And mm. so that's how, it, that's how it happened. And I, and I ended up, um, we kind of dreamed up with uh his and and I want to throw in too. I I I would not be in this position I were it not for um a couple of jimmy's folks um Coleman sisson Rodney Dawinski, and and Mike Ramos who all mm. you know I met them beforehand I I uh and I you know I don't uh, you know they 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 kind of fly under the radar but but it kind of goes to the people that work with him I, I I wouldn't have had the the meeting with Jimmy if 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 I hadn't met with them beforehand and and you know they they somehow saw enough in me that that decided hey maybe this guy can can work with us you know so um, I just wanted to give those guys a, yeah, guys sure. a shout out as well, you know? So, so yeah. So I, I, I traveled with him for a year and it was, <laughs> you know, it was like, we started up this blog, um, called travels with a pirate and I would write stories and he would edit them and, and give me feedback. And then I would send him another go around and, and you know, I took photos and, and I, you know, I was learning how to how to do, um, you know, web video kind of early on. And and we would post clips of, you know, him flying a seaplane and, and landing on the freaking crazy runway in St. Bart's or, um, so this was almost, it almost sounds like this was a a
0: precursor to social media. This was kind of a, a way to share his life with his, by that point, huge, you know, huge fan base.
1: He, 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 he understood the internet, and this was, this was so true of so many things with Jimmy. Hmm. He understood the potential of the internet in a way that, um, he was well ahead of the curve. So, yes, Sounds like um, it. Uh, you know, he, he basically had me in some cases do almost a V log, which are, you know, con- yeah. constant today. I mean, th- this was yeah. still when people were on dial up modems, right? Um, right. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Dan. I hadn't, I hadn't quite thought of it that way, but an, you're an, right.
0: An influencer before that, that even came into the lexicon.
1: Yeah, exactly, and 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 you know he he would trip out too, like because once the internet came around, it became a lot harder for him to do secret shows, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and and people would you know they'd put out the word a couple of days in advance, and and it would you know spread like wildfire among his among his his fans, you know, and, and they'd show up in places like St. Bart's, you know, this tiny little Island, um, in the Caribbean where he, which was my first like major trip with him, where he, uh, was celebrating, um, this little, the, the owner of this bar called the select, his name was Marius and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, depending on what story you believe the Le select had at least somewhat of a, of an influence on the song cheeseburger in paradise. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. He, wow. he was, he was a genius where that, where that kind of stuff went. He was a genius all the way around. Right.
0: Well, definitely, you know, what, what a lot of people would say about him is as you read, as you look at his song lyrics and revisit some of his famous quotes over the years, That this guy was a storyteller almost first and foremost, you know, poet meets storyteller.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I didn't know, I I think, you know, that I don't know if part of the reason that they hired me was because I, I wasn't, you know, in in super into Jimmy lore. Um, I, I mean, I just, I, you know, I was a fan, but I wasn't, I wasn't, um, somebody who knew all of his mythology and and all of his stories. And, Mm -hmm. um, He, when I, when I read A Pirate Looks at 50, which was before, you know, I I read it after the men's journal thing came out Mm -hmm. and I was like, gosh, this guy has so many stories, you know, and, and, and it just occurred to me that he, there are probably so many stories that aren't even in this book, Mm -hmm. you know, that he has because of his, you know, his zest for life and the people that he just met along the way, um, as a result of that zest for life and positive energy that he put out, you know, he was. And that was the thing that struck me, I'll, I'll, I'll say, too, like, you know, he had this he had this way of even if it, even if it was a short conversation of mm. of making you not only feel like but know that he was interested in you and that he appreciated, you know, w- He appreciated you. And, and, Mm -hmm. and that was, that was something that just made me like really, really stoked to work for him from Mm -hmm. the get go, you know? And, and then of course I got to meet his band. I got to meet his crew. Um, Mm -hmm. and they, most of them had been together for a long time, you know, and with good reason, because I mean, why would you not want to keep working for Jimmy? Sure. You know, um, if he's, if he's really the person that he, that, that you you take from his songs and and that's that's who he was so it was kind of a weird spot too honestly you know like what you're hiring a journalist to travel with us mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know what is he going to write about is he going to is he going to try to do tell-alls and this that and the other and i mean by the time i started working for jimmy most of the debauchery i think had arguably ended because he you know he kind of st- straightened himself yeah. yeah, yeah, and, and and he channeled his energy into into adventure. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he'd always been an adventurer, but he but he doubled down on that, and that was that was my experience with him. You know, and but but yeah, you know, it, it was a it was a kind of strange and wonderful position to be in.
0: Well, <laughs> you it's know? yeah. What really what sticks with me is you know, as you see this outpouring from all kinds of celebrities and and people that had really brief chance encounters i can't tell you how many posts i've seen on social media that's like the time my aunt met jimmy buffett quickly and i think that's probably what makes him so special and especially in the celebrity world is is how he treated people and that's yes that's what people remember more than more than even the the line to margaritaville (laughs) imtra is a hundred percent employee-owned company committed to bringing best-in-class products expert product knowledge, and unparalleled support to the entire marine industry throughout North America since 1952.
1: I have these stories with Jimmy, and they're unique to me, but they're not unique. You know what I mean? Like, everybody who, who had the occasion to spend any time with him, I think, was, in most cases, unless he was like... You know, uh, absolutely in a rush to get somewhere and just didn't have time because he was, you know, so stretched. Then, I mean, in in most cases, when he met people, he gave them the time of day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he wanted to hear who they were. He wanted, and, and, and he wanted, and, and he wanted to know who they knew because he might know, you know, he might know somebody who they knew. And, and then there's a mutual story right there, too. Like that, that was a trip to me, too. Like, you know, and it was very, um, i you know, I mean, I, I like to think that I was brought up to be a, a, a nice person to people, mm-hmm. but he, um, really re reinf- not reinforced that, but just, you know, Exemplified if, if, it, it, maybe. it's not hard. It doesn't take a lot of extra energy to be nice, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and he always took that energy with people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what really, really well said. Shifting uh, ever so slightly, I mean, the reason, there's a couple of reasons he's been so prevalent in paramodiat over the years, especially recent years, is yeah. for his unbelievable collection of boats, which really, yes, it, it goes back, he owned boats that I wasn't even aware of. I, I totally didn't realize he had a Nordhaven at one point, and I mean, he's just had probably one of the most prolific Choy fleets. Lee. Yeah, right, the Choi Lee yep but tell me a little bit about because you know when i hear these stories jimmy's building these wildly cool boats the the thing i find most interesting is the side stories about how hands-on he was you would think super celebrity this team around him but he seemed to really enjoy the
1: building of especially these later boats is that is that fair to say yeah i i think it's very fair to say and you know there's a funny anecdote here like Jimmy, I mean, he, as, as anybody knows, I mean, Jimmy fricking grew up on boats and he knew boats like, uh, you know, backwards, forwards, eight ways to Sundays. And, and I don't mean, and, and we're talking sailboats and power boats, you know, I mean, it down to like puttering little two stroke motors, you know, he, uh, and, and one time we went out to, um, to go surfing at this, at, at Bulls Island, Bull Island, um, which is in the Cape Romaine National Wildlife Refuge here and we were we went out in a, a Carolina skiff that a buddy of mine who runs um, coastal expeditions here owns and as we were we had you know amazing time out on the island and um, and then the boater the, the boater the motor um, overheated on the way back, you know, and we're like, I mean, we're out in the middle of the refuge. Like if it, if this thing breaks down, there's no other boats around and we're going to be stuck out here for a while. And the motor overheats and Jimmy, you know, tells Will, my buddy, Will Smith, you know, raise up the cowling. Let's have a look at it. We looked at it. We didn't see anything wrong with it. And he, he then gets the trim and tilt. And, and of course he looks at the, at the, at the water intake to make sure it's not clogged Mm -hmm. because we're in a tidal creek. And then he uh, he raises the trim and tilt a few times and runs it. And I don't know what the order was that he did it in. I don't remember. Um, but he, he raised the trim and tilt a few times in, in this, like, kind of specific way and fired the motor and then eventually – he, he tells Will to fire it one more time and, and, and give it throttle, um, like half throttle, and then let it off. Give it half throttle again, let it off. And then the damn thing ran perfectly all the way back and wow. and i was like what yeah zen does this guy have that that he knew how to do this because I, I was figuring yeah we're going to be calling sito right. you know, out into the refuge we're gonna be here for hours and he drove it home anyway that's just a kind of funny side anecdote of how yeah, yeah. knowledgeable he was but it it as far as like how hands-on he got with the builds you know i mean we've covered and, and English journal and, and has covered, you know, his, his love of, of boats and, and how he, how he approached the builds and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I was able to come into it a little bit differently because my wife and I in 2004, the year before we had our daughter, we drove our, I had a VW camper, a, a different VW camper that had four wheel drive. And it was really neat. Um, mm-hmm. v, VW called a synchro and, um, Quinn and I went out to go visit Jimmy and and Mike out on Montauk, and you know got to go surfing with him, which of course is always a super fun time. And yeah. and he you know, pulled up next to his old jeep um he had a really cool wagoneer and uh and he saw my vw and he's like what the hell is this and so we drove it out on the beach and and you know it was a very capable four-wheel drive machine and he's like you know can you can you i want you to build one of these out for me And i'm like really okay and so that so he basically had me build out this camper as you would a boat, mm-hmm. right? As you would a—and a, 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 and that was that, that kind of—and a, a seaplane, for that matter. I mean, his Grumman Albatross, which was just an amazing—I I, I still can't get over the fact that I got to fly on that thing with him. I mean, that thing was a camper of the sea, a flying mm-hmm. camper of the sea. His boats are generally, you know, the, the if you look at the um, the model—and we can get into this in a bit—but the model that he built with, with Billy Freeman and Roy Merritt, you know, that boat— was not only designed to perform, but it was designed as a, as a camper. So Mm. uh, to me anyway. And so when I got into building the VW with him, you know, he wanted, obviously he wanted it to be really top notch and, and and not in a way, not an ostentatious way. He, you know, although, I mean, it was painted seafoam green, which Mm. was his favorite color. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he didn't care about bling on it. He wanted it to function. He wanted it to, we put a, we put a Subaru motor in it and he did the freaking research on that and decided I want to put a Subaru boxer motor in this thing mm-hmm. because it's more reliable than the Volkswagen. I want to, I want to have Teak and Holly flooring in it, you know, which again is like super durable and it looks so good. Yeah. And he, um, and then when we got it, when we got it back, you know, in California, because that's where I was living at the time. I, it, it was mostly built out in California in the Pacific Northwest. It, the, I, the electric was still not up to snuff on it. And so when I got it out to him, it, 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 we, we talked about like, okay, what are the things that, that we would want and need to add to this thing for the South Florida climate? And, um, so he took it. So what did he do? He takes it to this master, um, yacht electrician that had not, you know, or this, and I don't remember the builder and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say I don't, because I don't remember who it went to there, but it was a really qualified, talented, boat interior specialist and he put like the coolest carbon fiber control panel on it and and put jimmy's little land shark logo on it and over gauge wiring on all the batteries and and put a um you know an air conditioner on it and it would and this was one of the first uses i'd ever seen of an air conditioner that would run overnight just on the battery setup, right? I mean, he wow. put a he put a nice enough Head battery setup in that thing yeah. that it would run the air conditioner overnight. So I may be getting off t- off topic, <laughs> but you know, it it, it it was it was really interesting to see how he thought about how he wanted to build um, build things. He wanted to build them like well built boats, even mm-hmm. if it was a camper, and that and and that went for his later um Ford Sportsmobile that that he that we got and um he put this really unique, one of a kind um super durable fiberglass top on and actually put brass boat portals on it. And then, you know, the way that and then this again goes to the way that he thought about that he would think about later with the Freeman. Um he, you know he, he became aware um. Of and I had actually I wrote. I remember I forwarded him a forward in the story uh, that I wrote for the New York Times on people who were starting to um, to run their vehicles on vegetable oil and um, and that intrigued him and and he asked me and because I, and I didn't make the connection but he did he's like he's like well could we run the sportsmobile on vegetable oil and i was like well shit yeah we could you know i guess yeah. and so but but again he he wanted to do that not only because it was a novel and interesting approach and he was just incredibly intellectually curious hmm. um he he did you know he'd way rather be burning vegetable oil than diesel and so ultimately you know we had this we we ins- and he he helped oversee just every element of of this conversion so that this thing would run a heated waste vegetable oil tank and and I, I mean we had some misadventures with that too because it was an experimental technology you know i mean at one point the the veg oil tank the the fuel line came off right in front of the like five star montage hotel in laguna beach you know thank god it wasn't diesel it was vegetable oil um <laughs> And, and Jimmy could have been super pissed about that. Right. You know, I mean, he spent all this money on this van, yeah. but he understood, he's like, you know, this is, this is a, this is a one-off thing. This is a, this is an, this is something experimental and there's going to be bumps and hiccups in the road, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and as long as, and I think anybody who's worked for Jimmy knows as long as you take responsibility for, work that you are that you're overseeing on his behalf mm-hmm. and make it right. You know, he's going to he, he's going to allow you to stick with him and this was a this was a perfect case in point of that. You know, we we um we got on the horn with the guy who did the conversion and you know, he was and and we made it right, you yeah. know, and 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 he drove that van thousands of miles on, on fryer grease, ultimately, <laughs> even from his own Margaritaville restaurants, which is pretty damn cool. Jeez. <laughs> you know, that, that's but amazing. Yeah, so, and, and, and again, it, 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 to your point, I, you know, I, I know I'm rambling and I've probably had too much <laughs> caffeine and I've, I've had all these Jimmy thoughts p- bottled up in my head for the last, you know, several days, but sure, he was, he was such and, and and I you know I got to fly. I, I just can't tell you you know how cool it was to to fly. For example, on this boat, this mm-hmm. the the Grumman Albatross, and to see the way that he had designed this thing so that he could take it down to the islands and actually, you know, live on it for a few days mm-hmm. and and fish and surf and uh, you know it, 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 the the way the the, but he also like uh, you know it had, it didn't have a, yeah, the Albatross didn't have a freaking full plumbing toilet in it, right? It had a porta potty. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you just had to accept that, you know, and he was cool with that. He didn't, he didn't have to have a gold plated toilet. You know what I mean? He, he, he he was cool with just whatever, you
0: know? Now that's between the, it's interesting to hear about his campers, honestly, because in, you know, a lot of his boats, he had, you know, some of the biggest and, and best boats, but a lot of it seemed like some of his favorites too. They, they weren't that big. He didn't mind being in a confined space. It seemed like if it was, uh, surrounded by people that were close
1: to him. That's totally, that's a great point. It's totally true. And he also, you know, he, he made, he had a really cool, um, custom, uh, sailboat built in Mm -hmm. in north carolina um a a bit before the freeman and it and it and it kind of followed the same ethos like i remember sitting down with him um he his his favorite place to one of his favorite places to eat here after we'd go surfing was the lost dog cafe in folly and he pulls out his ipad and he's got all these renderings and sketches of of this this sailboat that this guy's building for him in north carolina Mm -hmm. and 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 it was funny because i knew just looking at because I'd already built out the, the campers for him at this point, mm-hmm. and 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 you know the first was the VW, which um, actually burned down in the garage of his good friend Jimbo Matter, which was just oh. horrifying for all of us. Um, and it, it, but again, he took it in stride. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anybody's fault, and we don't think it was the VW that did it. But um, but you know, he pulls out these renderings of this of the sailboat that. And, 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 and I'm looking at the renderings and I'm thinking about the back and forth that he and I had on the vans and, and the, the boat stuff was just next level, right. In terms of, in terms of the, the technical specs and, and what he was wanting to, to have done to it and put into it. And I, You know, I was, I was both like really stoked for the builder, but I was also like, oh my gosh, man, this is a, this is a major, you know, major project. And then that of course is where, um, Vinny LaSorsa, who is a Mm -hmm. friend of our, of our magazine and, and of me, thankfully, Mm -hmm. um, really came in. He, he's a super cool cat, um, with, uh, and, and, and Vinny, you it was, was and is, um another genius um, when it comes to boats and and helping channel Jimmy's ideas into actual Mm -hmm. real projects. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, Very, yeah. Very cool. So let's uh, let's pivot ever so slightly to Jimmy's legacy. And it's, you know, it's been again, from, from just a fan's perspective to see the outpouring of support from everybody from just, you know, your average voters to the, you know, celebrities, former presidents. It's, mm-hmm. it's been pretty amazing, pretty amazing to watch. But, you know, let, let me ask you as someone who knew him, what, what do you think, what do you think his legacy is going to be? You
1: know, I was uh, on Saturday, um, I think I mean honestly, the last few days have been a blur, Dan, as, as mm-hmm. I think I told you, and you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I hope. I And by the way, I hope I did an okay job editing the magazine before it. I, I hope. I hope so. I'm going to give it a double close look, <laughs> yeah, we'll, but uh. we'll spend some time going over it. But anyway, um, my wife and I were sitting out on our front porch um, on on uh, Saturday, and mm-hmm. I, said, um, I said, I said, I want to make a bumper sticker that mm-hmm. says be the person Jenny Buffett would want you to be. And she's like, and she's like, Let's go paint that on the Folly boat, mm. and the, the Folly boat. Yeah, explain um, a lot that. Of folks That's... here know the Folly boat. The Folly boat was pushed up onto the side of Folly Road, which is the road that goes to Folly Beach, during Hurricane Hugo, and it's it's been in a couple of locations because of various storms, but but it's still there, and people paint murals on the side of it. So this right? is like and... a huge wooden Is
0: this like um? How would you describe the boat for for our listener? <laughs> it it's is, uh, like a big wooden. I don't, what yeah? I what actually, is it?
1: I think it's actually fiberglass. It is it's okay. Old fiberglass. Um, it's probably th- twenty-five or thirty feet, okay. and it would have been motorized at some point. It was. Um, it was a. It was a. I think an offshore fishing boat or a nearshore fishing boat, but okay. it, you know, a good size one like a commercial boat. And it obviously didn't have a, a console or anything left. All all it had was. A, by the time it became the folly boat, it was a. It was, um, people would put a big piece of ply over and it was just a hole, big, thick hole. And so it started becoming, um, it became this billboard, you know, and people would announce, you know, births, deaths, graduation, marriage, Mm -hmm. kids. And it's just understood. Like if you, you know, if you paint on, if you paint a mural on the boat, it may last for a couple of days or it may last for a couple of hours before Mm -hmm. somebody else comes in and paints over it. And so I said, so we get down there. And I take my son, Fritz, um, my daughter, unfortunately is off at school or she surely would have wanted to, to help with it as well. And, uh, and we painted, um, we, we realized the boat was not big enough (laughs) to, to paint that, that line on it. Right. And so, and so good thing you're an editor, my wife or me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm an editor. Exactly. And, uh, so I, I just said, well, how about live like Jimmy? Mm. Um, and that fit perfectly. And mm. so we, we painted it on the boat and, um, and I put some posts up on Facebook and they freaking exploded. Um, I, I was, and, and, um, that to me is, you know, I don't know. I, I, to me and, and by live like Jimmy, you know, what do I mean? Well, yeah, exactly. look at how, look at how. There was a guy named Jay Moriarty, and I'm going to credit Jay because the the people said live like Jay after he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, a big wave surfer, and he was in Santa Cruz, and he was just beloved um, among that small community. And, you know, he lived in a way that was an inspiration to people because he was good. He was good to people, and he, he – stayed true to who he was. Mm-hmm. He was a, you know, and I'm, this is, I'm talking about Jay and Jimmy, but Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, despite how popular he became, how huge he became, he, he stayed true to who he was, you know, and he, um, and he, I don't think that there's ever been or ever will be a, a celebrity who crossed who more people could identify with, you know, yeah. I, I really don't. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, if you were a, if you're a boater, if you're a fisherman, if you're a surfer, if you're a pilot, mm-hmm. if you're a, su- if, if you're a Southerner, if you're a Midwesterner, he, yeah. he, if you're a Californian, like uh, if you're Hawaiian, like, I mean, he went to, he traveled to so many places. I don't even know if he, if, he, I, I guess he called Sag Harbor his home, but really the world was his home, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and he, he, live the life that people wanted to live. You know, I mean he, he was he was basically given the ability because of because of his fans, it was this mutual reciprocal thing, right? Like they paid for him to live a life that we all want to live. Mm. And, and 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 in return he he gave everything he had back to those people, including me you know, including any parrot head, any of tens of thousands of parrot heads who were at a show, you know, you knew he was going to, he, he played harder than anybody, but he worked harder than anybody. And I, you know, I, I hope I'm not rambling too much. I think you,
0: I think you just summed, I think you just summed it up beautifully though. It's,
1: uh, between that, you know, worked hard, played hard, gave a lot back, gave a lot back. And, and, you know, he, he did, He did so many things behind the scenes to like, you know, did, 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 did Jimmy buy big expensive toys? Yeah, sure he did. Did Jimmy, you know, did Jimmy live a celebrity lifestyle? Sure he did. But I, you know, I had the opportunity to, you know, watch him do lots of little things for people that, 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 that that those people know what they were, you Mm -hmm. know, people who were sick um nonprofits um you know he uh, and i mean he had his own charitable foundation as well singing, singing for change foundation that um you know has an incredible legacy and so uh, you know he um he, yeah he uh, it, it's just it, not only was he a, just this he was a force of nature right i mean he was just a positive force of nature. And I, and I, I just hope that people will, will take away, you know, when they're out on their boat, when they're sitting on a surfboard, when they're, you know, taking a flight over the Florida Keys or, you know, sailing down to my iguana, you know, that they'll realize, you know, he, he, he was able to do all this stuff because of people, but he did all this stuff for those people. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's that's really well said. You know, the um Yeah, you sum you summed that up well. The the <laughs> the last the last thing, you know, we uh I kind of got your permission for this one but before we before we went live, but let's talk about you know, the unfortunately, you know, we're coming to learn that uh, he he suffered <laughs> from skin cancer. He did. And you know, and that feels like it, to To brush over this and when we talk about legacy feels a little bit like a disservice um yeah feels like a real lesson in in taking care and protecting your skin is that fair (laughs) dude
1: that that, yeah that's absolutely fair and you know it's interesting too like i i knew that he i knew that he had a diagnosis right but i didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't even know what kind of cancer he had and um (laughs) you know, until, until pretty late. Um, and, uh, but it was, it was interesting because the last time that, that I was on the water with him was right. in when he came to Charleston and he, to rehearse for his 20th, 2022 tour mm-hmm. and you know he had he'd already been sick he was he, but he was still like you know really fit and i mean he'd obviously been going going through treatment for mm. for cancer for a, a couple of or even a few years at that point and you know he always wore sunscreen when i worked with him but um and i mean you know i'm a i'm a redhead and Mm -hmm. fairly fair skin and um and my skin has been damaged by the sun through the years for sure but i i remember we went paddling on a pretty damn bright day and jimmy of course i mean he dosed himself up at that point and wore a long sleeve rash guard and and you know flesh colored waterproof sunscreen on his face and i I, when i went out i wore a short sleeve shirt yeah and he said to me specifically, he's like, "You sure you want to wear a short sleeve shirt in that hmm. in this bright sun today?" So I actually took my rash guard and tied it around my waist, and then when we got out there and the sun really got got bright, I took my took my t shirt off and put that rash guard on, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> had a long sleeve for the rest of the day. So yeah, I, I think that, and and I think it's a really important, and I'm really grateful to his family for putting that out there. Yeah. You know, because I mean, as much as we love to play in the sun and I mean, dude, I've seen you with your raccoon eyes and <laughs> your sunglasses, I know. you know, all the damn time. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, it's, it's cliche to say wear sunscreen, but I mean, shit, when Jimmy, I mean, that was one of Jimmy's mantras, you know, later on in life was wear sunscreen. <laughs> it really was.
0: No, it's, I, I think it's, you know, we're laughing a little bit, but it's such an important takeaway. And I got to say, I've, I've been, better in the this last week i've been uh i've been putting it on and you know i really hope to uh that's something i need to be better about and just voters in general right as we're out there enjoying his music maybe with a cold land shark i think to kind of you know honor honor that legacy and the guy who gave us the the soundtrack to our favorite pastime absolutely a good way to honor and, him is uh
1: some some high quality spf and and a visit to the damn dermatologist you know pay, pay a dermatologist. Yeah. Uh, Kid, the college tuition for dermatologist kids, because you know you might you might get to go around the sun a few more times and and listen to uh, listen to Jimmy Buffett from the back of your boat for a few more years hmm. because of it. You know, I, 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 it's it's important. It, it is an, it is an important point for sure. You know, and I mean Jimmy came up in a day and age when it you was know, Same with my parents. I mean they they freaking just put coconut oil, you know, and <laughs> <Yeah>. and. <laughs> They didn't. They didn't think about it. I was. I, I. God knows, I got torched as a kid, and I, I regret it now. And you know, hopefully, I'm not. It's not going to come back to bite me in the ass one day as well. Sure. But yes. Yeah. No. You're right.
0: It feels like a good way to uh, to to honor that to honor his legacy. Right. I agree. Well, cool. Well, Chris, totally you, you know, I give I, I give you a lot of credit. I'm, I'm thankful to you for for you know agreeing to jump on and and share some of these stories. I've been lucky enough to, to hear some of them through our time working together, but not really ever understanding the full scope of uh, of the connection and, and friendship you guys have. So I, I appreciate you jumping on, and and I think we're going to. I'm going to ask you to you know further think about some of these these great stories and memories and and you know we'll we'll work to put together a nice tribute in uh in an upcoming issue
1: of the magazine damn right and and yeah i have i have i have a few stories that are that, that have not been out there yet so um yeah and and i think they they speak to him so i'm looking forward to it dan And i appreciate you giving me the time to you know be one of what hundreds of thousands who get to say a little thing about about jimmy you know he was, he was really one of a kind, one of a kind. Absolutely.
0: Well said. I think Chris, it's,
1: uh,
0: we think it's time to get back, we get back to the shipping, that issue, but uh, th- <laughs> yeah, right. thank you so much for the sharing those memories with us.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Dan. And all thanks right, to all of y'all.
0: So I want to say thanks again to Chris for agreeing to jump on today and share some of those powerful memories. I know from working with Chris that just what kind of powerful impact that his time working for Jimmy had on him. And I think he summed up his legacy really, really well when he said, live like Jimmy. I know I'll try to do just that. Now, quick parting word from our sponsor. For a user-friendly, fully automated trim control system at an affordable price, look no further than a Zipwake system from Imtra. With over 45,000 systems in use worldwide and hundreds of boat builders installing them on new builds, Zipwake is proven to offer a more comfortable ride, peace of mind, and fuel savings to boaters around the world. Imtra's full-time team of product experts are available to answer all your Zipway questions, so head on over to Imtra.com or give them a call to get started.